the assassin. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. What up, y'all? You're listening to Sports Talk with Trop, and I'm your host, Katie Trop. Well, I done told you. You do not pick against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, and uh, he showed us all why last night. Uh, But before we get into uh, the craziness that was the Super Bowl, um, I just wanted to uh, let you all know that there will not be any shows on this coming Friday or next Monday because, uh, you know, since football season's over, the NBA All-Star break is next weekend. So I might as well take the weekend off as well. I'm actually headed to Palm Springs to kick it with some homies and uh, do some dispensary hopping. So uh, there will be no shows on Friday or Monday. And uh, there isn't a lot of sports to discuss anyway. So I'm sure I won't be that missed. But let's get right into uh, Super Bowl 58 and what a spectacular game we had. I mean, this was a show from the... Well, not from the start, obviously. The first quarter usually is pretty slow in the Super Bowl, but uh, the Niners, they pretty much controlled this game. Uh, the first three quarters was pretty much all Niners, and um, then all of a sudden, I mean, like, they they, they had the time of possession. Uh, you know, at halftime, uh, Brock Purdy had better stats than Patrick Mahomes, so it was just kind of looking like, whoa, the Niners, their defense was playing Mahomes really well. They were not letting him get out of the pocket. They were uh, forcing him into really, I mean, he threw an interception. He had an intentional grounding. He just, he was, he was flustered up until the fourth quarter. Um, And then the fourth quarter happened and it just went from there. Uh, First of all, it was back and forth for quite some time there, but uh, the Niners just had to keep settling for field goals, which I think was the, which was the problem for them to begin with. Um, and then you also got to credit Kansas City's defense. I mean, uh, defensive tackle Chris Jones. Uh, if, if Mahomes didn't have such an amazing game, uh, Jones would have absolutely been my vote for MVP just because he made some really, really key plays that really stunted the Niners on a few drives. Uh, two of them, and, and what he did was he would run up the middle and he was able to just get enough pressure on Brock Purdy so he couldn't set his feet and then he would overthrow the passes and it happened on multiple occasions throughout last night's game. Two of the instances would have been easy touchdowns had uh, Purdy been able to, you know, plant his feet and throw a, throw a solid pass. And then another one was um, uh, it, towards in the fourth quarter uh, on a key third down that they ended up having to kick a field goal instead of uh, running the timeout. And then uh, I can't remember earlier in the game, he also did it, but uh, Chris Jones had an amazing game. Then also the uh, the Kansas City uh, secondary, they really locked it down. I mean, Debo Samuel did not have a big game. George Kittle did not have a big game. Pretty much only on the offensive side, Purdy was ha- Purdy, Purdy was pretty solid. Uh, I mean, you really got to give it to him. He did have his, his issues, I would say, but I mean, overall, the dude played a solid game and uh, his issues were really Chris Jones is coming at you and that's going to fuck up anybody if he, if he ain't blocking that dude. Um, but, uh, he played a good game. Then of course, McCaffrey, that guy, he, he just killed it last night. I mean, that guy just, 
gashes defenses and he was gashing them. And I, I, it was kind of odd that they went away from him in the second half because he was extremely effective when he had the ball, which is not a shock. But uh, I would say the key things that really killed the 49ers last night, uh, because, I mean, overall, they played an excellent game. Like I said, it it was like they dominated dominated the Chiefs. It was really they just kept the Chiefs in it. And when you do that, you got the the mystique of Mahomes, and that guy is – He's unstoppable if you leave any time on the clock for him in the fourth quarter. And so basically, the Niners were driving. We were tied up here at 16 um, in the fourth quarter. We're, we're he- it, they get the ball back, I want to say, about uh, five-ish, six-ish minutes. And they slowly start taking the time clock. They're running the, the, the time off the clock. Christian McCaffrey's making some big plays. And then the two-minute warning hits. And it's third and five, third and six, I, I believe. And uh, Niners go for it. And unfortunately, this was one of the plays where Chris Jones really made a huge play. He gets right in Purdy's face, and uh, basically he doesn't get off a good pass, and so the Niners had to settle for a field goal. Um, the other, the other mi- big miss for the Niners, too, was uh, a missed extra point earlier in the game, which uh, obviously cost them because then it really just meant that the Chiefs just had to tie the game or just get field goals. Um, rather than getting touchdowns. And so those were the two key things to me because on that last drive, especially for the Niners in the in the fourth quarter, at that two-minute warning, I knew, I was like, if they don't get this first down and don't take all the time off of the clock, you give Patrick Mahomes any time, that dude is at least tying this game up and taking it in overtime and then winning the game. And that is exactly what happened. Niners get stopped on the third down. They kicked the field goal, which is good. It ended up being good, and they took the lead 19-16. to Then the Chiefs were able to just drive down the field, get into field goal position, tie shit up, and we go into overtime, the second overtime we've ever had in the uh, in the Super Bowl. And uh, then the Niners, they took the uh, – a lot of people are uh, kind of they're, – they're saying that the, the Niners made a huge mistake – by uh, they won the coin toss and taking the taking the ball, but um, I'm sorry, it's just fifty fifty. I mean, honestly, you're either going to take it or you're not. I mean, it doesn't doesn't really actually nec- actually necessarily play into into the end end of the game. I mean, you still have to score regardless. And in, in my personal opinion, if if I win the coin toss, I want to be the one who scores first. I would rather have them play from behind and have to play catch up than than myself. Um, but so a lot of people are criticizing the Niners for that move. And I'm just like, that's the most stupid criticism I've ever heard. There's actually been a lot of stupid criticism over the Niners today because they played a great game. You really can't be upset with what happened other than they lost. But I mean, they just had a few critical mistakes and the Chiefs took advantage of it. And then of course the Chiefs get the, uh, the ball back in overtime after the, uh, the Niners scored, they, they took the ball. They drove down the field and only got a field goal. And I knew I was like, see, you had to get the seven. You just had to get the seven because now Mahomes is going to get the ball. And I guarantee you that dude's driving down there and getting getting that touchdown. And that is exactly what happened. And I mean, Mahomes did this all on himself. I, I This was the willpower of greatness. That was all it was. That guy, there were some plays where I was like, Jesus Christ, Mahomes has to do everything. There was just so many times in the game I was like, damn, this is just, uh, he's flustered He and nobody else was stepping up. So he just took it all into his, his own hands. And then, you know, they, of course, some of his role players in the end did make some big plays, but I mean, it was all him. He took this 
this win, and he ripped the hearts of the 49ers out on that last drive in overtime, and I knew it was coming. Once once they, uh, they converted on a fourth down, and then there was that run where Patrick Mahomes starts running, and basically the, the Niners' defense just parted like the Red Sea. And it's sad because, like I said, the Niners' defense really played Patrick Mahomes as well as you could. They had him flustered all freaking night until that fourth quarter, basically. And in overtime, you could ju- it's just... It's just you're worn out. I mean, it's it's so now you're in the fifth quarter of the game, and overtime went all the way down, literally to the last seconds. And so the Niners, they come on, man, but uh, they parted like the Red Sea for Mahomes, and that, that was about the worst thing they could have done. Once he got down there in the red zone, after that run, I actually I was like, they are not going for the field goal here. This is going to be Patrick Mahomes ripping their freaking hearts out and ending this Super Bowl in one of the probably the most heartbreaking ways the Niners will ever feel, at least up to this point. Um, and that is exactly what he did when 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 Mahomes threw that touchdown to Nicole Hardman. I was not shocked. I was not surprised. As I said uh, on Friday show, I am done picking against Patrick Mahomes, at least in this, this round of the playoffs. I saw what they did. They put their resume out there. They are champions for a reason, and this is it. They, they are champions for a reason. So, uh... Chiefs got the win in overtime, 25-22, to 22, uh, in a crazy game. I mean, it started off slow, but that fourth quarter, it was back and forth, back and forth. They were trading field goals for touchdowns, field goals for touchdowns. They both had turnovers. Niners had a couple of critical turnovers. Chiefs had a couple of critical turnovers. Um, both of them had to settle for field goals in the red zone, um, and it was really just, like I said, Chiefs taking advantage of the few mistakes that the Niners made, and that and Mahomes just ripped their hearts out. And, of course, he was the MVP, went 34 for 46, had 333 yards passing and two touchdowns, and just one of the most phenomenal performances you will ever see in Super Bowl history. And he, the Chiefs... Hands down, like I said, it they had to win this third Super Bowl to, to be crowned a dynasty. They are a dynasty, and uh, that was uh, that was actually a great way to end the, end the season. Honestly, I mean, it was it was a great playoff run. I I, I I enjoyed all the playoffs, of course, except for watching the Cowboys get their asses kicked. But hey, I would rather watch them lose in wild card round, getting their asses beat, than lose the way the Niners did in the Super Bowl. I don't know how I would have handled that. I I would probably still be pretty upset about it. Not crying or anything, but I mean, I would, that was a tough way to lose. That's all I got to say. Uh, they literally had their hearts ripped out by Patrick Mahomes. That's not even, not even hyperbolic. That is actually legitimately what he did. Um, and then uh, just moving on to the uh, couple other aspects of the Super Bowl, um, the halftime show. Usher was terrible. Now, I mean, obviously, I already said I'm not a fan of his. He's pretty boring to me, and I knew I wasn't really going to feel it just because I I thought it was an odd choice because he doesn't really have a lot of upbeat songs. Uh, Most of his his music is that love-makey R&B bullshit, and uh, he did a lot of those songs, of course, because those were a lot of his hits, and... um, yeah, that's not what we want at the Super Bowl. Now, I know some people liked it, and that's cool. If you if you liked it, congratulations for you. I'm not hating on you. It's just I thought it was a terrible halftime show, and I honestly couldn't wait for it to end. As a matter of fact, it got even worse, in my opinion, when he brought out stupid-ass Alicia Keys, because I fucking hate Alicia Keys. That bitch is so goddamn boring. Her music is just 
boring as fuck, in my opinion. And then she comes out and does like the world's more slowest, boring fucking song you possibly could do. I'm like, oh, gee, I'm so fucking hyped up right now. But I'll tell you who hyped me up, and it was exactly who I was clamoring for on Friday, and that was Lil John made an appearance, did one of my favorite songs, Turn Down for What? So I did get uh, crunk during that moment, and then, of course, uh, Usher's only good song, in my opinion, is Yeah, that is a good track, and that's, of course, because it's produced by Lil John. And then uh, Ludacris came out and killed it as well, so uh, I'm a big Ludacris fan as well. So I did like seeing the two of them, but overall, I thought that was a boring-ass halftime show and got even more boring with the uh, annoying boringness of Alicia's stupid-ass keys. And uh, then just an, another thing of, of note that I just just want to say about the Super Bowl, it's, it's something that they've been doing the last five-ish, six-ish, seven-ish years. This hasn't been a normal thing, but with the commercials, could we just stop with the commercials that have a fucking message to them? Okay, like, stop with the, they had a stupid Jesus commercial yesterday, then they had a fucking, like, anti-Semitism commercial yesterday. I remember, I think it was last year or the year before, they had a fucking, like, woman-beating commercial. Like, that is not the time or place. If you think any of us watching the Super Bowl see these commercials and go, oh my god, now let's have us... A great discussion on anti-Semitism and how it's terrible for the world. Yeah, the majority of us actually get that that's terrible. Um, but we don't need a stupid-ass commercial during the fucking Super Bowl of all places. I mean, when I see those commercials in general, I'm like, oh, gee, you're, you're saving the world with your fucking retarded commercial. But Jesus Christ, these commercials with the message, stop with it. None of us watching the Super Bowl, and I mean none of us. I am literally speaking for every single person who watched the Super Bowl yesterday and who has watched the Super Bowl in the past and who will be watching in the future. None of us are watching the Super Bowl to hear a message on anything other than what is going on in the Super Bowl. We do not care about world issues or whatever stupid bullshit you got to do. And that's that's one of the things I just really have hated so much about society is all you fucking self-righteous motherfuckers with your goddamn messages. You think if you just keep shoving it in everybody's face, we're all going to magically care? No, we're not. The world's never singing kumbaya. There's never going to be world peace. As long as humans are around, we're all going to hate each other. So grow up and get over yourselves and stop ruining the Super Bowl with your crappy fucking messages. The end. And I know they're not going to stop the crappy fucking messages, but every time I see these commercials with the fucking message, I'm like, who do you think you're reaching? Who do you think you're reaching? You really think a fucking KKK member saw that anti-Semite commercial yesterday and was like, oh, I changed my whole life now. Come on. Grow up, people. You're stupid. Now let's get back to the sports. And let's get to uh, my top 10 NBA power rankings. And uh, we do have a couple of new teams to discuss. There is one team that actually just has been on fire recently. And uh, they've been they've had their ups and downs all season, but man, they are... They deserve to be in the top 10 this week. So let's start it off with, of course, Boston Celtics, still the top overall team in the league, 41-12 and 12 on the season, 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. They're currently on a four-game winning streak, and right now they're back at it. I mean, I, I keep saying with the Celtics, for me, it's what's going to happen in, in the postseason. Uh, they're, they've, they've been a good regular season team for, what, last three, four, five years at this rate. Let's see what happens during the postseason, but right now they're back at it. They're in sync. They, like a four-game winning streak, can't argue with that, and uh, still the top team in the league. Then at number two on my top 10 NBA power rankings are the Denver Nuggets. Overall record of 36-17. and 17. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. Uh, they did get smashed by Sacramento uh, just a couple days ago over the weekend. 
Uh, but uh, other than that, I, I mean, the, the Nuggets are just back, right back in championship form. Uh, they really are just, they're beating really good teams, and uh, they're playing great defensively, great offensively, and then, of course, Jokic is continuing to play at an MVP level, as he always does. Then at number three on my top 10 NBA power rankings, a team I have been doubting, a team that I will always mock and continue to mock, but you know what? When they're winning, I can't mock them just yet. And they're playing great, and I had to bump them up this week in the power rankings. That is the Los Angeles Clippers. Overall record of 35-16, and 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, and uh, they are they're playing really well. You know, Kawhi, he's just going off this season. He's back to uh, old Kawhi form, I, I would say. And then uh, James Harden, he's he's playing really well as well. And then uh, Russell Westbrook, he's really just taken on this uh, this uh, six-man uh, role on the team, and he's made a huge difference by finally kind of accepting that role and uh, doing what he's got to do with this team. But, I mean, the Clippers, like I keep saying, I, until they until they actually do something, I can't believe in them. But right now they're playing well and uh, had to bump them up in the power rankings because they're doing a lot better than the majority of this league is right now. Then at number four on my top 10 NBA power rankings, the Oklahoma City Thunder, overall record of 36-16. and 16. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. Uh, they did have an up-and-down week. They lost this week to Utah and got smashed by Dallas. I mean, the Dallas Mavericks just took it to them. Uh, but they did get a big win against the Sacramento Kings, a huge win. Uh, they, they, it wasn't even close in that one. And then, of course, now that Joel Embiid is injured and uh, not going to win the MVP at this rate, uh, basically, SGA has taken over as the uh, front front runner for the MVP. I mean, who would have thought that? Not only are the Oklahoma City Thunder playing really well, but that one of their players would be even in the MVP talks, let alone potentially up for or up for it. Because I mean, he's he's been consistent. Who's been more consistent than him so far? And I mean, we still have a whole second half of the season to go, but. Uh, Pretty, uh, pretty crazy to see that uh, Oklahoma City Thunder as a team are doing this well. But then you got SGA right up there as the favorite for the MVP at this point in the season. Then at number five, I'm a top 10 NBA power rankings of the New York Knicks. Overall record of 33-20. and 20. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. They have lost their last two games. So, uh, But, I mean, they're battling through injuries, of course. Um, but, I mean, just overall, this team is still really good. And... Um, you know, I, I kind of feel like once they get it going again, they're going to be really difficult to, uh, they're going to be really difficult to handle. But, uh, you know, the, the tough week. I, I, even Brunson missed uh, missed a game earlier in the week as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with the Knicks, but uh, still a good team in my opinion. Then at number six on my top 10 NBA power rankings of the Cleveland Cavaliers, overall record of 35-16. and 16. This is the hottest team in the league right now. They are 9-1 and one in their last 10 games, and they have currently are on a nine-game winning streak. As a matter of fact, their only loss was a month and a half ago. The last time they lost was in on January 24th. So uh, they haven't lost, haven't done a, a quite, quite, a, quite a lot of losing, because even before they lost on January 24th, they were all a bunch of wins. So uh, Cavaliers are just playing excellent, excellent basketball right now. Um, good thing they didn't trade away Mitchell. I had a feeling if you just stuck with him a little bit, things would start to work out. Now that the injury, now that the injured players are starting to come back, Cleveland's actually looking like a pretty legit team. I actually had high expectations for them this season. I didn't have championship expectations for them, but I actually kind of expected them to be 
a contender this year, and they started off the season really slow, but now here they are, and uh, they're only lost in the last month and a half was January 24th. That says a lot. Then at number seven on my top 10 NBA power rankings of the Minnesota Timberwolves, overall record of 36-16, and 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. They smashed the Milwaukee Bucks earlier in the week. And uh, they just they just keep maintaining. Uh, they're they're playing uh, great defense, great offense, and just beating some uh, beating good teams, beating bad teams. And uh, they really haven't been streaking as of late. Um, and they just look like an overall solid team. Then at number eight on my top ten NBA power rankings of the New Orleans Pelicans, overall record of thirty one and twenty two. They're six and four in their last ten games. And uh, Zion Williamson has been on fire. Uh, the dude has been playing excellent basketball as of late. I mean, he's actually had a really good season overall, but just lately, the guy's been on fire, and uh, he keeps getting hotter, uh, and, and I mean with points. He's been great in the paint. He's been getting blocks. He's been getting steals. He's been getting rebounds, uh, but now he's adding in the, the points factor, and uh, including three-pointers and stuff, and so he's he's playing really well. Ingram's playing really well. McCollum's playing well, and uh, the Pelicans look good at this point in the season. Then at number nine on my top 10 NBA power rankings, the, the, the surprise team I was telling you about, the Dallas Mavericks, overall record of 30-23. and 23. They are 6-4 and four in their last 10 games and are currently on a four-game winning streak. And, I mean, Luka the Don. This guy is averaging 35 points per game. Dude's got a broken nose and still playing at a high level. Um, this past week, they beat Washington, Milwaukee, and Utah. Their only loss was, uh, oh, whoops, wrong. I was reading the wrong uh, wrong line there. Their, their wins this past week were against Philadelphia 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets, the Knicks, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, so they, they beat some good teams. Uh, the first three were on the road, so that's always a, a big deal. And in each and every one of those, Luka just had an amazing game. The guy has really just been taking over the game. He's He's ruling in assists. He's uh, he's just dishing the ball up perfectly, but then he's also hitting three-pointers. He's he's dominating in the paint. He's getting rebounds. He's getting steals. He's getting blocks. He really is just an all-around amazing player. Um, it's just the rest of the team around him, I don't know if they're going to be able to play at a consistent level like he does. And so that's what I think is going to be their downfall ultimately in the end. But right now, Mavericks are on the upside, and they are looking really good, and so is Luka. And I mean, really, speaking of MVPs, I kind of think that's a dude who uh, could really turn it on the second half and be be a dude where you're like, oh, shit, that's the MVP. Then at number uh, 10 on the top 10 NBA power rankings this week of the Phoenix Suns, overall record of 31-22. and 22. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games, and uh, these were the teams that I was just reading off. Um, was uh, they just they got wins over Washington, Milwaukee, and Utah, and then lost a close one to Golden State. I mean, it was one of those crazy games because, of course, Durant used to play for the Warriors, so it kind of had that uh, that storyline there. But I mean, Durant was playing an amazing game, but so was Steph Curry, and Steph Curry, as usual, could not be stopped. He had a huge game winner uh, to seal the deal, and uh, Golden State did get the uh, the close win against Phoenix, but it was a battle between uh, between those two teams. But uh, Phoenix, they've been uh, they've been looking really good lately. Durant playing at an MVP level. Booker just scoring points like no other. And then Bradley Beal just getting healthier and healthier as the season wears on. And uh, this Phoenix Suns team looks pretty damn good. And then just a couple of teams that have now completely fallen out of the top 10 NBA power rankings. And I wouldn't be shocked 
One of them may come back, but the other one is probably not. And that would be Milwaukee and Philadelphia. I mean, Milwaukee has not looked good at all since Doc Rivers took over. And then, of course, the Philadelphia 76ers is just battling through the Joel Embiid injury. And who knows how they're going to overcome that. Uh, moving on to the college basketball top 10 rankings this week. Uh, not Actually, not a lot of shakeups there either. Uh, number one uh, remains UConn. They are 22-2 and two on the season. At hell, speaking of a team that hasn't lost in forever, this team, the last time they lost was back in December. Yeah, last year was the last time UConn lost. So UConn's just been a phenomenal team this season in college basketball. Then at number two, another phenomenal team, Purdue at 22-2 and two as well. Uh, then at number three, moving up a couple of spots this week, Houston, they're at 21-3. and three. Then at number four, moved up a couple of spots as well. Marquette, they're at 18-5 and five on the season. Number five team, Arizona, they're 19-5, and five, and they moved up three spots this week. And as a matter of fact, they're one of the most impressive college basketball teams overall. I mean, uh, come tournament time, this might be a team you want to look out for. Right now, they are sixth in points, points scored with 2,162 points on the season. And they're also third in rebounds, averaging 40 rebounds per game. So they're really good, not only at scoring, but also excellent at rebounds. So that's kind of a team I'm looking at like, whoa, they might be able to win a national championship this year. Uh, then at number six, moving down a couple of spots, uh, Kansas at 19-5. and five. They did lose to Kansas State earlier in the week. Uh Monday night, I believe, is when they when they lost. So uh, when you lose, uh, they, they were riding high and then uh, lose to their rivals of Kansas State. Uh, number seven this week, uh, North Carolina. They're 19-5. and five. They drop a couple of spots uh, just because they did not have a good week. And then at number eight, Tennessee. They also dropped a couple of spots because they didn't have a good week. Uh, they went their 17-6 on the season. <clears throat> number nine this week, Duke. They're 18-5. Got a couple of wins, just maintaining uh, they're, uh, where they're at. And then at number 10, Iowa state moves up four spots. They're 18 and five on the season. And they're actually second in, uh, the big 12 right now. Uh, they're, they're, uh, you, you know, I'm used to Iowa state and Iowa as, uh, it, it football teams who are just, uh, scrappy. And, uh, even though, even when they're not good, you, you should never count them out. Iowa state, the basketball team is, is, kind of turning out that way in my opinion and the, especially over the last couple of years and so I'm not really that shocked that here they are at number 10 this week and I mean they're only behind Houston who's a damn one of the top teams in college basketball so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, things shake up for the for the rest of the month in college basketball but uh, what a Super Bowl we had and uh, what an, an amazing end to the NFL season and now all of us other football fans, besides the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, they get to celebrate their uh, their win until whenever the fuck, uh, I guess the next seat, until July when we start training camp. But uh, they get to sit around and enjoy uh, being champions while the rest of us are on to next season and uh, looking forward to our teams winning the Super Bowl next year because we all have a chance now. That's that's the theme of all of us fans who did not get to see our teams either play in yesterday's game or win yesterday's game. We have been sitting on the sidelines for a minute, and now we all have a shot. We all are 0-0, zero and, zero, and uh, I am ready for next year, of course. Are you? But uh, that's right. Uh, so remember, uh, I will not be here on Friday or Monday. I will be back on Friday, February 23rd for a show because there ain't going to be a lot of sports. We are in sports purgatory, as a matter of fact. So I will enjoy my, my time in Palm Springs, and I will talk to you fools next week when I get back.